0: you guys guys oh good morning good morning Antigua good morning surf team we are so excited about what God is doing in this new year um, I want to say it real quick um, your pastors love you a ton and so that's why I say it's such an honor to be up here and get to speak into and challenge us all this morning and all that is just because of how much they love you that, that, that educates me on what honor this is to get to be up here so I just want to say thank you guys to that thank you guys love y'all um, okay, I'm going to talk really quickly. Actually, going to go through uh, the story of Gideon really quickly. Um, so the, the 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 Israelites were in a really really bad way in this in this story. This is found in Judges eight, uh, seven, and eight. And um, the Israelites are in this really rough season of their lives. They're they're, um, they're they're they have oppressors that have kind of occupied their land that God had promised them. And it was so bad they were actually leaving their homes and living in caves. They are actually leaving what was comfortable just to get away from this oppression. Wow. And they began to cry out year after year after year wow. to the Lord. And the Lord heard them. Yeah. Wow. And, he, and, he, and he actually chose a man by the name of Gideon to, to deliver them. And yeah. so he gives Gideon this download of all this plan. But I think initially um, what can, kind of stood out to me is that Shoreline City, we are the response of God. Wow to a a people in Dallas and in Guatemala that are crying out. Children in sex slavery, marriages that are in distress, young people in college who believe that they have fallen too far from grace and there's no way that God can forgive them. You and I are that, we are that the answer, God's answer to to the people of Dallas and Guatemala um, because He loves them so much. So so he chooses this normal guy named Gideon, and um, Gideon raises this cry in Israel, literally blows a horn, and uh, sends out messengers, and 22,000 people show up because they're like, you know what, we're smelling what you're smelling, Gideon. We're smelling the same thing, and that reminded me also of us as a serve team. Our pastors were called, they were chosen, God gave them a download, they gave them a plan uh, on how to attack this thing uh, that that, that, uh, we're seeing every single day at our jobs and in our families and and in the places where we eat food and and, and kind of live our lives, we're seeing this, this, this oppression of people and our pastors answer that call, they blow a horn so to speak and all of us answer. All of us answer. And we're saying, we're smelling the same thing you're smelling. We see the same thing you see. We want to be a part of this vision. So, so 22,000 people show up. God says, that's too many. That's too many. I, I, I actually want to whittle this down. So, so, so uh, just to give you an idea, the, the Midianites who were oppressing them had actually made alliances with other nations, and, and so they had brought in over 120,000 soldiers to just kind of wipe the Israelites off the face of the map. And so 22,000 isn't even really a lot, you know? Um, and so 22,000 showed up. Uh, God says, are they afraid? They're like, uh, yeah. And, and so he's like, if you're afraid, leave. And so, that, so, so uh, like 12,000 leave. Then 10,000 are left, and, they, and God's like, they're drinking water funny. Yep. I, I, that's weird the way they're drinking water. You know what? Everybody who's drinking water funny, y'all need to leave. And so, that, so, so, so 300 people, I guess, drank water right. Um, and uh, and they stayed and, and and the attack plan that God gave uh, this three band of three hundred people was to stand on a hill, to light a fire, on, um, light a flame on a torch, and to put a put a pot over top of that flame, and at a given signal, break that pot, allow the flame to be seen, and then to literally just cry out and blow horns. That was literally that was literally the attack plan for these 300 people against 120,000 trained soldiers. And God God wrought victory in that place. They literally, the Midianites and the, and the allies literally killed more of each other than the Israelites actually killed. And I, and I just was thinking about our crazy attack plan. I was thinking about hundred and twenty thousand. I was thinking about the issues we see every day, the things we hear on prayer requests, the things we see on a regular basis um, as, as, as leaders um, and how God has called us to make it on earth as it is in heaven. Our attack plan is our 12 stones where where in, in the vo- in the face of of oppression and pain and brokenness and distress. We speak hope. Our attack plan is to love people. Our attack plan is to preach the good news of the gospel. Our, pr- our attack plan is to actually in- see God in- uh, invade dark spaces in families and in workplaces and in lives with the gospel. This is the this is the vision. This is the attack plan that our pastors have been downloading. God's downloaded it into them. They're downloading it to us. And you're downloading it into your teams. So I was thinking about the importance of alignment and unity. One of our 12 stones is actually that we protect unity. We protect it. And actually that protection mostly happens in our hearts. Mostly that protection happens in our individual hearts and our thought lives. And so I kind of wanted to process through this a little bit because um, because the, the message, the moral of this story really honestly is really two things. One, God will not share glory with anybody. Right? That's, that's fundamentally, he's saying, like, this is all about me, and until y'all get that, we're not, we're not leaving. We're not going to go fight this battle until y'all understand that this is all about me and what I'm going to do. The second plan, though, is, is that it is incredibly, um, the indescribable power of God is activated and facilitated in unity. God looked at this group of people, and he said, you're not doing it the way I've called you to do it. You're not doing it according to the plan that I actually set out, your, I gave to your leader. So, so you so see good. in this story that, that unity is part of the victory. Yeah. The unity is actually part of the attack plan, like doing it the same way. Um, uh, you're going to break all your pots all wow. at the same time. You know, there's, there's, there's no heroes. There's no, um, there's no, no, no like spotlights. Yeah. God used unity to defeat an army that was much greater. Yeah. And so since I'm looking at this and thinking about unity and alignment um, and thinking about what God's called us to do, I I, I love that the question as he's calling out the soldiers is not um, how skilled are these soldiers? What was their training? He didn't ask ask, uh, about their ideas. What do you think, soldiers, as far as how we're going to attack this army? He didn't ask the soldiers about how badly they wanted victory. Like as those numbers started dwindling, I promise you there was a lot of doubt. <laughs> I promise you there was some people there thinking like, God, I, I love you, I trust you, I think you're good, I'm pretty sure you're good. You got to have a plan in this. Uh, please don't send me to my death. I got kids. Um, <laughs> as we're as we kind of like processing through this, um, I, I was I was I was thinking about um, like what does it look like to be? What are some heart checks we can do as far as alignment and unity go? How do we know if God, this is so important to God, if our victory, if the things we see God doing in 2020, are, 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 that our unity is literally vital to that, then I thought, well, how do we know if we're out of alignment? How do we know we're not unified? And so, so, so I was thinking about um, if you drop, walk out to your car in the morning on the way to work yeah. and you uh, look down and one of your tires, every, all the other tires are, are in good shape, but one tire is bald, and you take that that to a mechanic, the mechanic, first thing he's going to check is alignment. It's yep. the first thing he's going to check. And so one thing that I noticed is that actually uh, being out of alignment causes premature exhaustion. Wow. Being out of unity, so pulling in a different direction, actually causes us to be more tired than we have to be. Or to be more, um, feel overwhelmed than we have to be. To, to feel like the the task that is upon us is actually more than we can handle because we're actually not pulling in the same direction as the rest of our team, we're pulling in a different direction. So it's causing premature exhaustion in us. The one is, is if you go out to your car and and you're driving on the way to work and you kind of want to you want to tap that gas a little bit you want to move forward a little bit faster and you hit about 60 miles an hour and your car starts shaking. Yeah. You take it into the mechanic. The first thing he's going to check. Is your alignment, and, and the reason that this is is because you actually have four tires pulling in different directions, trying to go, to, trying to go down the highway in a different direction, and so it causes the entire car to shake. In other words, um, you are not this car is not able to drive at its full capacity because the the, the things that make it move forward are not aligned with each other. So alignment, unity will actually affect our ability as a team to do what God has called us to do. Do you always feel like you're the odd man out? Do you always feel like you have a different idea? Do you always think that you see things differently than the rest of your team or than your your leaders? Why don't they listen to me? I got great ideas. I got some great things that I could offer to this team. Um, and, and then the last thing I was just going to say about the car analogy was that fundamentally um, the issue with a car being out of alignment is that each tire is pulling in a different direction. So that means that, that, that fundamentally each a tire is saying this is the direction we should go. And, and as a result of that, the car will eventually completely break down. And actually, this is possible. I actually can shake the car into, into the point where the body falls apart. Wow. You're not being in alignment. My not being in alignment will destroy our team. It will literally destroy our team. Actually, one tire being out of alignment in the front will cause eventually the tire in the back to go out of alignment. You have an effect on the people you're serving with. So I want to talk really quickly, just really quickly, uh, with uh, a few attitudes to know if you're like, I need an attitude check. Am I in alignment? Am I out of alignment? Um, So here's some attitudes you might want to look at in your heart if you are asking yourself, am I in alignment? Um, Don't they realize how much experience I have? Is that a common thought? Everything that I ask I'm asked to be to do seems overwhelming. It seems more I'm I'm worried. I'm I'm a little bit worried about overcommitting. If that's something you're feeling constantly, it may actually be that you're out of alignment. I love this church, but the way people talk is annoying. I love this church, but the way people talk, all the, all the little phrases and all the little things that people say and the, you know what, that just, that's annoying. Can- I'm an individual. I speak in my own way. I say my things my own way. But, but that's, not what, that's not how the victory happened with Gideon. It actually happened by them all doing the same thing at the same time. If I'm given an opportunity to speak into the direction of my team, I would change a bunch of things then I can be at peace. Then after I fix all the things that I see that are wrong with my team or my church or my leadership or whatever it is you're seeing, then I'll be at peace. Then I won't feel all this feeling, this friction where I'm pulling in a different direction. If I can get them to listen to me, then I'll be at peace. They don't see what I see. Why Why was that person chosen and not me? These are all indications that our heart is out of alignment. That you are you're actually struggling with this. And fundamentally, how you fix alignment on a car. And this is going to be my, the last thing I'll say. You fundamentally how you fix alignment on a car is you have to loosen all the bolts on the tires, and those tires have to surrender their direction. They actually have to surrender their direction to be in alignment with the rest of the tires and the direction that the car is intended to go. So that means that fundamentally, you and I's Um, heart of alignment is going to fundamentally come when we are able to say, God, the victory is yours. What we're going to see in the future, all you want to do in 2020, that's going to be on you. And so I surrender my thoughts. I surrender my idols. I surrender the directions that I think that I should go, and I'm going to go the way that you have called us to go as a team. I, was just, I, just was remind, I just want to remind us one more time that um, we are the response. We are yeah. God's response yeah. to the cries of broken people yeah. yes. who are feeling like they do not have hope. Yeah. You and I have been chosen. We are that 300. Yeah. Yeah. We will see yeah. this yeah. incredible yeah. victory, yeah. but yeah. let's yeah. allow our hearts to be aligned yeah. with the vision yeah. Yeah. that God, the yeah. plan that God has given us as a church, yeah. and we will see victory in that way. Love you guys so much. Hey. Awesome. Love you guys.